Welcome to Vision is More Than 2020, a podcast aimed at talking about your vision, your eyes, and how they play a role in overall visual and systemic function. Dr. Zolnicki and Lakowski, with the help of various guests, will work to help you understand more about your visual system and all the pieces to the vision puzzle. This episode is brought to you by Aries Academy. Aries Academy is the most complete sports vision at-home training program in the country. Aries Academy was developed for athletes by optometrists by combining traditional tried and true vision therapy techniques with the most cutting edge sports vision programs in the market. Aries Academy has many different programs for all types of athletes to develop their visual and neurocognitive systems. Head to www.ariesacademy.com for their one week free program if you're interested in learning more about what sports vision training is all about. Hi listeners, welcome to this week's episode of Vision is More Than 2020. And today, Dr. Z and I are going to be sharing a case with you that's really near and dear to our hearts and really helps us segue from this case series you've been doing into the month of March, which is Traumatic Brain Injury Awareness Month. This is kind of a combination of a case and talking about traumatic brain injuries, which will be what we're focusing on in the month of March. For today's weekly insight, we wanted to share that February is Macular Degeneration and Low Vision Awareness Month. Um, So as we've spoken about macular degeneration as a very prevalent eye disease, it really starts to affect your central retina as it ages and can have some really permanent long-lasting effects on your central vision, where in advanced stages of disease, you can have ultimately a blind spot whenever you look straight ahead, which can really impact what you need to do and see throughout the day. Um, So that's where low vision comes into play. That's really the care for patients where we really just can't correct your vision with something as simple as glasses. And we have to turn to other types of devices and magnification to help you use your vision in the most beneficial way to help you try to do things like read again, potentially drive again, see TV um, in ways beyond just your traditional glasses wear. Um, And with the advent of so much technology, there's a lot of really cool options available now within low vision. And one of our followers on social media had recently asked us about OrCam, which is a really exciting low vision device that's somewhat new. um, And it utilizes really exciting artificial intelligence technology uh, to really help people with reduced or low vision. Um, There's kind of two different devices. One um, is a wearable device that can attach any pair of glasses. And then the other one is handheld. And what the device essentially does is it uses AI technology to identify things visually and translate that information to the wearer verbally. So it can detect um, reading, it can read letters and words and tell you what the the book or what you're trying to read is, is telling you. It can actually recognize faces and give you identifiable information about the face that it's seeing. Um, And even something as simple as like shopping or looking at products, it can pick up information on those devices and tell the wearer verbally what is in front of them. So it's a really, really exciting option for those that have reduced or low vision. Wow, that's a really amazing device. I'm not as well versed in low vision as Dr. Ellis. So that's a really, really cool device and could be life changing for somebody with low vision which is really exciting. For this week's uh, episode, like Dr. L had said, this is going, we're going to be talking about a patient that is very near and dear to our heart. uh, And she really does bridge the gap between different cases and TBI. The reason being is because she had prior visual issues. So let's jump in. So this patient actually presents to us 
just about, I looked at her record, Dr. L, literally five years ago. She came in February 2017. Uh, so we are literally five years into treating this patient. So she was interesting because she sustained a concussion and was sent to us by her concussion specialist. She actually slipped on ice and hit the back of her head. And that was how she sustained her concussion. Now, most of our concussions we usually get through a car accident or a sports injury, but she just slipped on ice. And she was really symptomatic. Uh, we saw her about six weeks after the injury. And she was really struggling with intermittent blurred vision, constant headache, couldn't do any computer work, which was really unfortunate because her job required her to be on the computer all of the time. So she was really, really struggling with that. Her prior history was that she had right refractive amblyopia, meaning she had reduced vision in that right eye due to a difference in prescription between the two eyes. Now, she did do some patching and some vision therapy as a child, but she still had reduced vision in that right eye uh, around, the, around about 2040. So kind of not terrible, but definitely reduced from that 2020. Now, from her history, she was high-functioning. She was a corrections officer high up in the in her job managing people, and she really said that she never had any symptoms at all. So the, these were all new, but she was really, really, really struggling. So we delved into her exam, and like I said, we knew that she had that decreased vision in that right eye, but she also was just what we called fusionally unstable. When we were checking her visual posture, it was just it would switch from esophoria to exophoria. She had definitely more of a tendency for esophoria, but it was just kind of all over the place. When in my notes, it, it, I couldn't really buckle down depending on, uh, buckle down on what exactly her system was doing. It was just sort of all over the place. And that translated into reduced 3D vision. Now, it was hard to discern, right? Like, was this just from the longstanding amblyopia or was this new from the concussion? And we really didn't know which was which, but what we did see was that she had a lot of suppression. She was suppressing that right eye at distance and intermediate ranges. At near, we were able to get some intermittent fusion, flat fusion. So with 3D vision, there's sort of three levels to our 3D vision, which we've talked about before. Uh, and she was at that second level. So we knew there was something there with her two eyes being able to work together, but it was definitely reduced and definitely contributing to her symptoms. So the other last piece of this puzzle was her tracking was horrific. Uh, she was all over the place, just super inaccurate. And she felt it. She was like, I can't keep my place on the page. So overall, she was a prime candidate for vision therapy. Now, when we spoke to her about her potential and her prognosis, we said that she was kind of guarded because of the concomitant diagnosis of the refractive amblyopia. We weren't sure how much was new, how much was old, and what we could get from her. But regardless, we were going to try our best to get her back on track. So we put her in for a trial session of 12 therapy sessions to kind of get her started. And that's where Dr. L is going to hop in to talk about our treatment approach to her therapy. Right. So our treatment approach in therapy sessions was really twofold because we had to address really her post-concussion vision findings and her refractive amblyopia. And like Dr. Z was saying, it was kind of hard to tease out how much of her findings were related to just her amblyopia and how much was related to her con 
concussion, but we know overall she had a big uptick in her visual symptoms following the concussion. So certainly the concussion was a big component of her visual findings and her symptoms. So we really had to address both. Um, and this patient, you know, likely because she did have some intervention when she was younger, you know, she started wearing glasses when she was young. She did a little bit of patching and vision therapy like Dr. Z had mentioned. That right eye vision, at the starting point of vision therapy was about 2040 minus, meaning she could read some letters on the 2040 line correctly in that right eye, but not all the letters. And that level of vision really is a great starting point for us in vision therapy sessions because with our patients with amblyopia, we really have to think about target size. We have to use appropriate targets for that eye that has amblyopia and reduced vision. So for her, we could actually start with, you know, pretty regular size font for that right eye and do pretty similar activities for the right and left eye in our therapy programs. In terms of concussion management, our therapy programs really kind of focus on, in our adult patients, binocularity, meaning eye teaming ability. We really teach the eyes how to work in both directions in terms of your divergence and your eyes relaxing and turning out for the distance and then convergence, your eyes pulling in, turning in together for up close. And then we really work on a lot of scanning and tracking. So a lot of her beginning of therapy really worked on those types of activities. However, we had to really think about her diagnosis of pre-existing amblyopia within that framework, right? So we know from her initial evaluation that she had very, very reduced 3D vision. She had a little bit there um, as a baseline and a foundation to work on, but it was very, very reduced. So when we were working on eye teaming activities with her, we really had to start with the basics. We worked with something called a Brock string, um, which is essentially a very simple string with beads along it. And the idea is you have to be able to see a string from your right eye and left eye. And then whatever bead we direct your eyes to, you want to keep eye alignment at that distance and see just one bead. Um, we did a lot of beading work up close. So again, sounds very simple, but just simply taking a bead and pulling it onto a string, which is really working that eye alignment and kind of integrating your visual and motor skills as well. And we had to really do those kind of simple binocularity type of activities to slowly build her 3D vision until we could ultimately get to more of your traditional like 3D type targets that we can use both in free space and on computer. Um, and I think because she had had some intervention younger in her life and the vision in her right eye was fairly good for someone with amblyopia, she actually transitioned through that phase fairly quickly. By about, I'd say session six, seven, we were able to start to introduce targets in 3D and she was able to appreciate depth in them. Um, and we could really then start to further work on her eye alignment and eye teaming ability. Um, at the same time, we were really working on a lot of monocular activities at the beginning stages of therapy, which we usually introduce with all of our patients across the board because we never, we always want to make sure that each eye is functioning equally, but a lot of our post-concussion patients, if they don't have any other um, conditions or big differences between the two eyes going on, we can usually move through this phase fairly quickly. But in someone with amblyopia, this is a large part of their beginning stages of therapy, where we would do a lot of activities patched um, and do scanning and tracking with just the right eye alone and then the left eye alone. Um, because it's important to remember with amblyopia, it's not just that the vision is reduced in that eye because of a difference between the two eyes, the whole overall function of that eye is reduced. So this patient would often notice during monocular activities with her right eye that her right eye overall would be a lot slower with tracking. Um, it would make more errors. It would sometimes misidentify targets. Uh, things would tend to jump around more. So we spent a lot of time in this monocular phase with this patient until she really started to feel more of an equalized function and scanning and tracking activities between the two eyes. Um, I was just going to say she was a really wonderful patient because she was so in tuned with her vision and she was 
she was really helping to guide us in therapy because she would say like, she was really at the point where she was like, I think that I can handle doing my two eyes together. She understood what we were asking of her and was well aware of what her two eyes were doing with each other, which made our job a little bit easier because she was so in tune with her vision and what was happening with it. The very motivated patient, she was really on board for a long course of therapy, if need be. She was really excited to not only start to feel better from her post-concussion symptoms, um, but to see what kind of visual gains she could get in that right eye. Um, because, you know, I don't know that she would have come to us or found us had it not been for that concussion. Um, I don't think it was really on her radar to try to work on improving the vision in that right eye. But once we had these conversations with her and initiated vision therapy, she started to see and feel gains in how that right eye was functioning and became really excited very quickly and very motivated to see kind of the maximum progress that we could make. This episode is brought to you by Aries Academy. Aries Academy is the most complete sports vision at-home training program in the country. Aries Academy was developed for athletes by optometrists by combining traditional tried and true vision therapy techniques with the most cutting edge sports vision programs in the market. Aries Academy has many different programs for all types of athletes to develop their visual and neurocognitive systems. Head to www.ariesacademy.com for their one week free program if you're interested in learning more about what sports vision training is all about. Yeah, that was a really good point because she, you know, like I said in the beginning, she really didn't feel like she wasn't functioning well, but it's almost like you don't know until you know. And she was like, whoa, I feel like I'm getting better than I was before. Now, unfortunately, in this case, there is a little bit of a turn because she did sustain another concussion. Um, and that sort of set her back. And I, and I, again, it was nothing crazy. She bumped her head uh, getting out of a van. She w- actually was celebrating finishing vision therapy, doing, you know, she, we got her back on track and she sustained another concussion. But prior to that concussion, uh, we got that vision in that right eye down to 20-25 minus. So two whole lines of visual improvement in clarity. And that was something that surprised both Dr. L and I. Uh, Additionally, we were able to get her to a, a normal level of stereopsis, meaning she was able to identify really fine targets that we weren't expecting her to be able to do. So we really got her back to a really great place. So she was doing, like I said, she was doing great. She was back at work. She was feeling good. She was still like a little symptomatic here or there, but overall really wonderful. And then she got the second concussion and it really knocked her socks off. And we put her back into vision therapy uh, because she was really symptomatic, specifically, again, back on that computer, walking her dog and driving. So this time, the second time around, she had a lot more vestibular type difficulties, mostly triggered by visual stuff. So there is a big correlation. The visual system and the vestibular system are very closely intertwined. The vestibular system has three inputs, the bottom of our feet, our proprioceptive system, our eyes, and our ears. So if your visual system is giving the vestibular system poor information, then the vestibular system is going to not respond well. So our job that second time around was to really say, okay, can we get the visual skills back up to where we know they can be so that we know that that is a contributing factor to her vestibular symptoms. So again, we went through a course of vision therapy and we got her back, but she was still really symptomatic. And that's when we sent her to a vestibular 
therapist for a consult who diagnosed her with a central vestibular disorder. So she actually had damage to her vestibular system, which complicated things because there wasn't much that we could do visually for her. We kind of reached a little bit of a plateau visually. Now we got her, her findings back pretty close to where they were before that second concussion. And she, her ability was fairly well managed in terms of being able to do things, but she could never really quite, she wasn't quite back to herself. Um, and I think it was due to that vestibular dysfunction that was a result from the concussions. But she was still so grateful and so happy with her visual stuff because she was able to at least do some reading and she kind of learned how to manage her new normal, which was kind of stinky that we weren't able to get her back 100%. But we we really gave her a lot in terms of vision and her visual skills uh, to get her as back to normal as possible. Right. When all was said and done, I think we did about 60 sessions or so over the course of a year between the two concussions with her. And at her final reevaluations with us, when she was wrapping up the second course of vision therapy, that right eye vision was staying stable at 20-25 minus, which is really incredible vision for someone who has amblyopia, especially someone where, you know, she had some early intervention, but then really went untreated for a very long period of time. But it really just speaks to show how plastic the brain is. And you can make changes in the brain at any age. Um, and her 3D vision stayed improved to within a normal range, which given where she started off with is also a huge accomplishment on her part and just was a testament to how hard she worked in her therapy program. Um, and then we kind of had to part ways for a little bit because she ended up moving to Florida. Uh, so we actually went about two years without seeing her. We've been following her post-therapy with reevaluations and she'd been staying stable with all of her visual skills. Um, and then I actually saw her at the end of last year. It had been about two years since we had seen her. Um, and her plan is whenever she comes back uh, from Florida to visit her parents, they're still local. Uh, she's going to pop in and try to see us whenever she can. Um, and she really was staying very stable. I was so excited to still measure that right eye vision at 20-25 minus. Her 3D vision was still wonderful. And her eye teaming ability with both her divergence and convergence skills were really wonderful, both distance and near. And her brain was really holding on to all those visual gains that she made through our therapy program. Um, and she just, you know, Dr. Z said, you know, she never really was able to get back to professionally functioning how she was beforehand, but was so grateful for um, the visual gains that she got through our therapy program and that we were able to address not only her concussion, but this amblyopia component too, and really improve the vision in that right eye and her 3D vision. And I think this is really important for her because she was someone who was very clumsy and prone to bumping her head and these concussions. And even since our care, there's been a few times she's bumped her head here or there. And when she slipped on the ice and first came to us, that wasn't her first accident and fall. Um, and a big piece of reduced 3D vision is how you judge depth, which is a huge part of how you interact with your world visually. Um, so I really hopefully think that by stabilizing her visual skills, we're helping protect her from future falls and bumps and things so she doesn't become concussed again in the future. Yeah, I, you really summed that up nicely. I think you hit on all the really important points that, right, the brain is super plastic. We, there's, it's never too late to do vision therapy for those adult patients listening that may have had a, you know, a strabismus or amblyopia growing up or still, you know, and were told that they couldn't do anything. This is a very wonderful case to state that, we can. And, you know, sometimes, uh, and the other thing I should mention is concussions often bring out slips in our system. 
because everyone always says like, is it due to the concussion? And the, the answer is often, we don't know because most people don't have a visual workup the way that we do a visual workup before their concussion. So I don't know if there was that it, it was there or not. What I can say is that there's likely some, a little something there and the concussion exacerbates issues and whatever was a problem, maybe a little problem before, maybe you had a little trouble tracking, maybe you were a little bit clumsy. It's going to exacerbate that because the whole system just functions slower with the concussion. So she really kind of is a, a great case because there's so many pieces to her. And in my eyes, and I know Dr. L's eyes as well, she was a true success. She, you know, we gave her a lot of positives and made her, her life even better than it could have been um, if she had not been treated post her concussion. Um, and, and that's really what our aim is always with our patients. So we just wanted to share this really heartwarming case with our listeners, and it's really a nice transition into our month of March, where we are going to be highlighting traumatic brain injury awareness. So our episodes will include, again, some case series with some guests coming on to share some cases of patients they've treated with traumatic brain injury, and also just some other fun topics within the realm of TBI. So we are excited to share that with you in March, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Follow us at Twin Forks Optometry on Facebook and Instagram. Join our private Facebook group, Vision is More Than 2020. Subscribe, download, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Tune in next week to learn more about your vision. and we will talk to you next week. Bye guys. Yeah. I think that's done. Yeah. That's oh good, doctor.